All right. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is precision, there is direction, there is illumination in this service this morning. Every heart can be you as we see ourselves in you. There is clarity, there is light. And we build you as we see ourselves in you. And there is no confusion in this atmosphere. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. We want to continue something. I started this thing, um, this sections or I, I call the, I call it dear Christian. It's just an exhortation. Next week we'll continue studying our series and all of those things. It's just an exhortation I have for you this morning just to steer you up and into something you need to know. So I started it last year, around this time last year, around April, May last year, and I taught it as Dear Christian 101. So this is Dear Christian 102. Hallelujah. So you, if, if you look into our materials, if you get into our messages, you'll see Dear Christian 1 there. So, um, and I said last year, and I say, Dear Christian, it's just, to, I don't know why I'm sharing this this morning. I, 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 I really don't know why. But I just had an average to share an exhortation with you before we move into a series of long doctrinal teachings and all of those things as we continue the year. Praise God. So, I just thought to share with you and I say, dear Christian, and last year we started something. We said, dear Christian, and I said, if you go listen to the message, I said, dear Christian, you must not bear grudges. You must not be in offense with anyone. You must not be, you must not have issues with people. And I, and I, and I explained to you from the scriptures and I, and I thought you, and we're just going to continue from that same tangent this morning and we'll just... We'll just move from there. And all right. So we said, dear Christian, right? Look at Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. I'm sure you should be accustomed to this scripture by now. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philemon 1 verse 6. It says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ. So every believer needs to come to that acknowledgement of every good thing which is in him in Christ Jesus. And as a believer, God has done all things for us in Christ, but there are things you need to pay attention to. Acknowledging in the Greek is from the Greek word epignosis or um, coming to an accurate and precise knowledge of what God has done in Christ Jesus for you. So upon salvation, there is a lot that Christ has done for you as a believer that you just need to pay attention to. So we study and we keep studying every, every, day of the, every day as the day goes by. And we keep studying what has God done for us in Christ that we just need to lay hold of. What is the realities that God has done for us in Christ that we need to lay hold of. So when we come to church service, church service put our attention to what God has done in Christ Jesus for us that we just need to pay attention to. Do you get it? So as a Christian, you are learning what God has done for you in Christ Jesus upon the resurrection. So upon the resurrection, there is an attitude the believer must wear. 
I believe every one of you believes the gospel. You have accepted Jesus, or let's say, as you, how we used to say it in, in the younger days, oh, you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, as we say it before. So, you know, you have accepted the Lord Jesus. What next come after that? What is the next thing after that? You need to pay attention to certain realities that God has done in Christ for you. Are you getting me? So today, I'm just sharing an exhortation with you. Like I said, it's this different from our usual um, Sunday service where we, we exhort ourselves on, uh, we, we teach on, on strong biblical doctrines and all of those things and we just learn the scriptures. But today, we're just taking a, a bit of a U-turn to just see something today's, in today's service. So when I call this, dear Christian, like I said, I'll keep explaining these teachings as I'll keep building on these things as the years go by. Um, see, probably we reach Dear Christian 101, you know. Dear Christian 100, Dear Christian. So we started Dear Christian 1 last year. Now we're doing Christian 102 now. Maybe, maybe later on we'll do Christian 103. Do you get what I'm saying? So we just keep building on those exhortations like that as the year go by. So I say, Dear Christian, a believer in Christ must not live in offense. If you listen to what I taught last year, you could go lay your hands on that material to explain certain things to you. And I'll try my best to make sure everyone is cut off from those from last year. And I said, no matter how logical it is, we must never be found holding grudges with a Christian. A believer, like I said, in Philemon 1 verse 6, it says, as a Christian, you will need to come to a reality that God has done in Christ for you. In Colossians 1, Colossians 1 verse 12. Look at Colossians 1 verse 12. Let's let everybody let's go there. Colossians 1 verse 12. Colossians 1 verse 12. Colossians 1 verse 12. It says, giving thanks to the Father. Are we there? I'll wait for you. Giving thanks to the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance and the saints, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son so at salvation we left somewhere at salvation you left the kingdom of darkness and now you are in the kingdom of his dear son so it's just like saying you left your house this morning and you came to church this morning that is how salvation is. You left a kingdom. That is, in Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 2, the Bible says, let's go there. Instead of quoting it so that you can see it yourself, look at Ephesians 2. Hold your hands in, in Colossians 1. But let's go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. It says, and you are to quicken. Are you there? I'll wait for you. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 2. Are you there? Are you there? All right. Ephesians 2, you know, when you come to church, you should come to church with the Bible. That's why you come to church. Praise God. Alright, look at Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 2. It says, And you are too quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that not walketh in the children of disobedience. That is the state of a man who is not born again, not you. You, you are not a true child of disobedience. Tell somebody beside you, say, you are not a child of disobedience. Okay. 
So it says, wherein you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh to the in child of the obedience. Look at verse 3. It says, among whom, verse 3, look at verse 3, very key. I want you to look at it. It says, among whom also we all had our conversations in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. That is not you. That is the state of a man who has not believed the gospel. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you, you have believed the gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have the devil working with you now. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me, guys? So you don't, you are not working according to the course of this year. Or according to the course of the year, or according to the spirit that walketh in the children of disobedience, that is not your state. You are not walking in that reality. You are now walking by the spirit of God. Because the Bible says, he that is born of the spirit lives in the spirit. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are indwelt by the spirit. You have the nature of the spirit of God in you. In the first Corinthians 6, it made us to understand that you are the temple of God. Hallelujah. So the believer is the temple of God. That is, he is the house of God. So everyone seated here this morning, you are the house of God. Because God now makes his abode with you. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. Let me show you so that you can see it yourself. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Are you understanding something? Look at 1 Corinthians 6 verse... um, 19. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. Is everybody there? I'll wait for you. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. It says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So your body as a believer is the temple of God. What does temple mean? It means the house of God. God's dwelling place. So if somebody asks you, where does God live? You can safely say he's living in you. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can safely say God lives in the believer. Hallelujah. He lives in you. He directs you. He guides you. He gives you what to say. He walks through you. Hallelujah. He gives you all of those enablements. Praise God. So you can safely say God lives in you. So as a believer today, your nature has changed. You know, there's this saying that when you are in Rome, you behave like a Roman. When you are in America, you behave like an American, right? Now, when you became born again, if you go back to that Colossians 1 verse 12, it says you left a kingdom. Now, do we all understand now? You left somewhere. Now, that's the kingdom of darkness. You left the kingdom of darkness. You left... The cause of the war, the cause of the year, the children of disobedience, you left that state, right? Now you are now in a different kingdom. The kingdom of light, the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom where God now lives in you. Hope you know it's the devil that lives in an unbeliever. Yes. Oh, you don't know? The Bible says, <laughs> what, what's called, what's, what, let's look at it in 1 Corinthians 6. Let's go there. Go to 1 Corinthians 6. Hallelujah. It says, let's start from um, verse, uh, ah, it's not verse Corinthians 6, so, mm. look at in verse, let's go to um, 1 Corinthians 6 verse, uh, 
in verse uh, 15, it says, Know ye not that your bodies are members of Christ? What shall I make the members of Christ? Can I make the members of Christ and our Lord? Look at the verse 16. What? Know ye not that those who are joined to the Lord, those who are joined to and allowed is one body, for two saith, ye shall become flesh. And I says, but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So, a believer who is in Christ today is one spirit with God, right? Right? Now, in other texts, he made us to understand that what communication as light has to do with darkness. What communion as Belia has to do with a man who has fellowshiped with light. I think that's 1 Corinthians 10. I can't really... 2 Corinthians 6. Ah, wow. They are not even teaching the pastor Bible now. What a service. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Alright. Look at 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14. It says, Be ye not equally yoked together with an unbeliever. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? And what concord at Christ with Belial? And what part has he believed with an unfidel? Look at verse 16 very carefully in 2 Corinthians 6. It says, And what agreement at ye with the temple of idols? So, you remember he made a distinction in 1 Corinthians that you are the temple of God. So, the unbeliever is a temple of idol. The unbeliever is a man who has not believed the gospel. He said, for ye are the temple of what? Read it. Read it. For you are the temple of what? The living God. As God said, I will what? Dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. And they shall be my people. That is the believer today. So, back to what I'm saying. You have left somewhere, right? Right? You left somewhere. Now you are somewhere. So, take my analogy of when you are in Rome, you behave like what? A Roman, right? Praise God. Now, so, now you have left somewhere. You now have a new state. You have a new status. You have a new identity. You now have a new life. Are you getting what I'm saying? But the believer today still holds on to the old life. The believer today still holds on to the life that he is still living when he is not an unbeliever. When he is still an unbeliever, sorry. He still holds on to the state where he was living before he believes the gospel. He still has a mindset. That's why Romans 12 verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but, by, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So a believer has a lot of renewing of minds to do. Renewing of mind means a change of state. You have to readjust your thinking pattern. You have to readjust your lifestyle to suit your new identity. Are you getting me? Remember our analogy. When you're in Rome, you do what? You behave like a Roman. If I've lost you, let me see your hands. So everybody is cool, right? Everybody is cool, right? All right. Now, so a believer today does not behave like those in the world. A believer today does not behave like a non-believer. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you know what you do? You behave like somebody who has not believed the gospel. You behave like someone who has not encountered Jesus. Because you are still holding on 
to that state, that nature of your unborn again self. The identity you had many years ago before you believed the gospel. Are you getting what I'm saying? A lot of us are still attached to that life. We are still attached to that mindset. We are still attached to that reality. And that reality has to change. Hallelujah. That reality has to change. So that's why I call this dear Christian. Because you are a Christian. You just have to remind yourself. Remember how we started Philemon 1 verse 6. That the communication of your faith may become effectual by you acknowledging every good thing which is in you. In where? In Christ. Hallelujah. So, I said this. in Last year, we said a believer must not live in offenses. No matter how logical it is, you must never be found holding grudges with anyone. An offense, what does an offense mean? An offense is like a poison. It destroys those around us. An offense is a viper. It substantially stings those who listen to us. Do you know if I am offended and I share my offense with you, you are subtly going to take on my bitter state? I don't know if you know that. You will suddenly take my bitter state, then you will pass that same bitterness to your friend, just in the sake of gisting. Then that person is bitter. Do you know we have destroyed one another with that? That is the nature of the unborn again man. That is not the nature you have. So I came this morning to remind you this morning, everyone listening to my voice, and those who hear the sermon, that a believer today has changed his reality. A believer today has changed his state. You are now a man in Christ. God now lives in you. You are not a temple of idol anymore. So stop behaving like those who are the temple of idols. Start thinking, start adjusting your thinking cap like a Christian. Start adjusting your thinking cap like a man behaving in, living in Rome and behaving like a Roman. Is it making sense? Is it making sense? Now, so I say something. An offense is a poison. It destroys us and those around us. See, let me tell you. If you came to this morning service offended with me, you can never listen to what I'm saying. You can never be blessed with my sermon this morning. If you came this morning having a mindset that that pastor, what is he even doing? You can't understand. Because you already wore a strange mindset that is offensive enough. You can't listen. You will be saying, maybe he's teaching this because of this. Maybe he's saying this because of that. Are you getting me? It kills. It destroys. And that is the mindset of those who are not in Christ. That is the mindset of those who have not believed the gospel. And that is not your mindset. I said, an offense is a viper. It subtly things sting those who listen to us. It subtly sting. So if you are offended now and you share it with somebody, she is going to be affected. It's a poison. You know, poison 
Poison doesn't necessarily have to be in food or in something. Poison is in words. For the believer today, I can say something now that will make you offended and you will not want to see my face again. Like in, let's say, in America today now, if you body shame somebody now and the person just gets angry, the person can even report you and say, the person is, the person is body shaming me. You know, I have caused an offense that way. Just words. Words. So, you see, they don't have to be a physical fight. The only battle we battle in this life is battle of words. That's why as a believer to be careful with what you are saying. Think through what you are saying. I know you are angry. I know. But do you know you can't take the words you are spoken in anger again. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. That's why you have to be calm. When you are angry, listen to that sermon I taught last year. Say nothing. Just keep quiet. Because you, can, you would say the wrong thing and you can't take that wrong thing back. The only thing I would have been saying is sorry, 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 sorry. But before the sorry, you destroy the person with your words. I taught you in the faith of God some weeks ago that your words can communicate God's power, remember? And your words can make things go bad for you. If you keep saying, I'm poor, I'm poor, that is how you will be for life. We are a product of our words. Go and listen to that sermon, the faith of God. I kept telling you, if you keep saying, I'm confused, I'm confused, I don't know what to do, that is how your life will be. Jesus told us in Mark 11, 14, Mark 11 I, I showed you the scriptures, I said, if he says to this mountain, be thou removed, and he shall not doubt in his heart, what did he say? He says, you shall have whatsoever you say. I have a sermon like that, you can listen to it, you can have whatsoever you say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you have to be careful. Tell your neighbor, say, you have to be careful. No, you're not saying it like you, you mean it. Say, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. So, an offense, I said, is a poison. It destroys us and those around us. An offense is a viper. It stops to stings those who listen to us. So, I wrote here, I said, be careful around anyone who is offended. When you have a friend who is just offended at everything, is offended at life, is offended at everything, be careful. The person is about to sting you. The person is about to give you a poison. Are you getting what I'm saying? The person is just angry. He's just angry at this. He's frustrated at that. And he's just telling you, he's doing something to you subtly. Calm the person down. Calm the person down. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33. It says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Who has the amplified version? Amplified version. I want, to, I want to read it from. Thank you. It says, um, Be not deceived. Bad company corrupt good morals. Are you getting what I'm saying? Bad companies will corrupt good manners. 
So if you have friends who are always offended, they are always telling you, "Ha, ah, look at what happened to you in your day. Look at what happened to you in your day. I don't know. That idea is just somehow. Every time, that's what they are coming to tell you. Quickly, cop, stop the person. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's okay. I don't want to come to service. You know, you will subtly come to service and be noticing the year. I'm saying, you are this year safe. Ah, ah. It's true what that person is saying. And if, funny enough, you've not noticed it since. So you have been on your own, worshipping God. Holy Lord, I worship you. But in service, you don't open your eyes one time. You don't see the ah. It's true. Why is she not even doing the air like this? They've stinged you. They've gotten you. <laughs> you will say what he gets here. They've gotten you. Praise God. Hallelujah. They've gotten you. They've gotten you. So don't hang around offended brethren. Don't hang around offended people. And now don't be the one who is offended. You can curb it. You can correct it. And that's the essence of this service this morning. I'm telling you, dear Christian, you should not live in offense. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, dear Christian, you should not live in offense. So don't hang around offended people. They oftentimes affect you with the virus killer. So now, with that said, offenses lead to dishonor. Offenses lead to disrespect. Offenses lead to disregard of sacred things. You know how prayer has done good for you. Then you start speaking and say, it's not by prayer, it's not by prayer, it's not by prayer. Somebody has prayed for you before. And you've seen miracles. You've seen signs and wonders. Hallelujah. You know we have signs and wonders. Praise God. You know, so you've seen signs and wonders. It's not by signs and wonders. If there is, it's not by signs and wonders. What is it? It's, not by, it's because you are angry. And see, I used to tell you something. Never speak down on a miracle because you never know when you will need one. Don't criticize a miracle because you are the next, you can be the next candidate of a sick that will be sick. Are you getting what I'm saying? I've always told you never speak down on a miracle because you never know when you need one. When people are criticizing miracle online, don't join them. Oh, are you hearing me? They're saying it's fake, it's fake. You don't know when God will heal you too. When you will need God's intervention, leave the fake for the fake and let them be arguing. Are you getting me? Don't join them online. Oh. It's a trap. It's a devil trap. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Never speak down on a miracle because you don't know when you need one. Never. Never. Hallelujah. Never. Praise God. So, offenses lead to the sonor. It makes you disregard certain things. You just be, oh, it's a lie. Leave them. This or that. That pastor is fake because you're angry. That church is a bad church. It's the baddest church in this life. Don't go there. It's because you're angry. Others are going there and getting blessed. Others are going there and seeing God's power. You are just the one angry. Simple. So don't sting somebody with your infection. That's why you should work on it. And we'll teach you how to do that by the, before the end of this service. 
You should. It makes you disregard certain things. Oh, it's not by utterance. Don't give me the word. You've seen how what people have given you prophecies and utterances, and it has come to pass in your life. It's not by utterance. It's not by utterance. <laughs> they are about to get you. <laughs> they say they are about to get you. <laughs> no one is immune from this. No one, not even a preacher, not even me. That's why I'm teaching you as I teach myself. Hallelujah. No one is immune. I can be offended too and I'll just come to the pulpit. And you just see, my father used to tell me a story of a church he used to go. The pastor would, because the pastor is offended about the church he left. He would just come to the pulpit every Sunday. He would use 30 minutes out of his preaching time. To be talking about it, what the evil the church has done to him. Don't mind that church. Don't mind the pastor. You are the one that is angry. <laughs> Even new members, newcomers, we be wondering ah, what's going on. I went to that church two weeks ago. Now nothing happened. The man will that, that church is evil. Ah. Honestly, oh. just because he's angry, the church members are not angry. So you know, subconsciously now, church members who attend that church will start saying. Ah, that church, there's something wrong. They've not been there. But because the pastor has passed an infection to them. So somebody will now be telling them, you know that, about that church? You know what happened with that church? No, my pastor said, that church is evil. Ah, your pastor said it. How do you know? <laughs> your pastor was just angry. Are you getting me? So no one is immune from this. No one. So I'm teaching you as I teach myself. So if I come here one day and I just come and say, Ah, Bridget, that sister, Etao. You say, Pastor, you taught us dear Christian. All of you just shout, dear Christian. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, ah, ah. Pastor, walk in love now. You know, Jesus came, Peter came to meet Jesus and said, Master, care not that we perish. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Praise God. So, no one is immune. Ministers can spread offenses to their members. And they will say, it's because they are lawyer. They can make an enemy of their pastors, forget insult, disrespect, and abuse. So, we must watch it. Tell your neighbor, say, we must watch it. Never use... So, the pulpit must never be a platform to, to settle personal scores. No, 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 no. It must never be. The pulpit must never be where I'll be telling you, oh, that pastor of that church, don't go there. That pastor of this, don't do this. No, it must never be a place to settle personal scores. No. We must teach God's word in his simplicity and his hand, in his, in his accuracy to you. Praise God. So you'll be left with a decision. So, just like John the Baptist, look at Matthew 11. John the Baptist. So, it is a sin to be offended. It is. Look at Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse 10 to 11. Are you getting something this morning? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Look at Matthew 11, verse 10 to 11. Look at John the Baptist. Let's take a story of John the Baptist. It says, For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before my face, which shall prepare thy way before thee, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there is not reason a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Now this is John the Baptist's story. Look at how he was, his praises were sung here. 
He had the single privilege of being the first to point the Messiah. He was the one who pointed the Messiah and told us, ah, this is Jesus. This is the one who will come to baptize. The revelation, his revelation was the greatest. They said, look at what they said. They said, there is no one who is greater than John the Baptist in the kingdom. So, he even acknowledged he was lesser than Jesus. He acknowledged Jesus. This was John the Baptist. He was still, when he was not yet offended now, he was still singing the praises, doing everything. Jesus was to continue why John the Baptist was now to decrease. So, Jesus' ministry was to be elevated more. Why John the Baptist was to calm down since he was a forerunner. Remember? A forerunner means a pointer. To point to somebody. When you point to somebody, should you still continue? No. You should let the person that you are pointing to continue while you remain down, right? That's the John the Baptist work. But however, he continued. He continued. Now, he was put in prison. Jesus' ministry now became popular. Jesus' had miracles. He had crowd. Jesus had followership. John the Baptist was already was in prison. He couldn't... So, we can safely say... John the Baptist, John the Baptist, um, church members in, decreased. John the Baptist uh, ministry started going down. John the Baptist reduced his followers reduced. Are you seeing it? We can safely say all of those things. So he had no church building again. He had no cars. He has no everything to even make matters worse. Jesus wasn't criticizing Herod on John the Baptist's behalf. You know, it was, John, it was Herod that, that um, imprisoned John the Baptist. Jesus was, you know, Jesus should have been saying, why should Herod imprison him? Jesus was not doing any of those things. Ah, John the Baptist was not angry. I, I was the one who baptized you. <laughs> I was the one who showed others, who told others about you. I was the one who pointed you to the world. No one is waiting at Jordan for John the Baptist anymore to baptize. <laughs> Nobody is waiting and say, at least maybe if he come back, let us kill first. Nobody is waiting anymore. John was not telling him, I, I baptized Jesus. We are cousins. I knew when he was a small boy. I knew when he was a boy. boy. You know, they, were, they are cousins, Elizabeth and John the Baptist story. Some people are just looking at me like they don't even know the Bible. <laughs> they were one day will study it. <laughs> so, he was asking, who does Jesus think he is? That small boy. You know, that's where honor set in. You know, Jesus has sang his praises. Look at, we just read. If you read in King James Version, it's a red letter. Jesus was the one who said, there is no greater than John the Baptist. This and that and that. He has done all of those things to Jesus. He even told Jesus, there is one coming after me. Whose shoes are worthy to untie. He will baptize you. I baptize with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He has sang that praises. But now he's offended. Jesus is not doing anything that is in prison. Jesus is not trying to bring him out. Jesus, is it Jesus that sent him to prison? No. You were attacking things you should not attack. He was talking about Herod. Who sent you? Is that your work? <laughs> After all, Jesus or John the Baptist was offended. Look at in Matthew 11 verse 2. John the Baptist was now offended. Look at Matthew 11 verse 2. He says, now when John has heard in the prison the works of Christ. So John the Baptist now heard in the prison what Jesus was doing. Matthew 11 verse 2. 
He says, he sent two of his disciples, that's John the Baptist's disciples, to him, in verse 3, he said unto him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Ah, uh-uh. Guys, pay attention. This was the same guy who, when he was baptizing Jesus, the cloud opened. He says, and behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. He baptized you. He said, this is the one whose shoe I am ready to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now, because of offense, he said, go and ask him, are you the Jesus? Or should we do, is there somebody else we should be waiting for? Why? Because Jesus has not done anything. He's already offended. So, when we are offended, we begin to get critical of others. We start saying things like so-called pastor, so-called, so-called Christian. Oh, that Christian. So they are just so-called, those so-called church members. You start getting critical of others. You start disguise you, your friend who you have you have worked together for years. You both of you have been friends for years. You start saying, what, what is special about her? What is what's so special? This is your friend. You have been through hell and high waters together. You know, what's special? What's so special about this person? You see people who has laid hands on us to be healed, who has ministered to us, who has taught us the word. You start telling them, what, what is it? You begin to now say, maybe they are using, they are using voodoo. Maybe they are using something else. Mm, they, they, they have something else. You start, you start getting jealous sometimes. Plainly, jealousy is coming. And see, jealousy is the child of offense. <laughs> jealousy is the child of offense. Because as the offense aggravates, it starts giving birth to children. The number one child is, of, is jealousy. You just find yourself just irritated at the person. Maybe the person buys a new car. You're just, why? What's there? Is it car that I can't buy? If I say, the person might take it on credit. How much is it? If the person is paying every month, he did not buy it. It's because you are jealous. What's your business with you? If the person is paying every month or is not paying every month, you are jealous. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is it? Me too, I'll go and collect your, go and collect your own. You start getting jealous. We will not be able to celebrate their progress anymore. You see them achieving something in the natural, you can't celebrate them anymore. If I tell you, you celebrate the HBD. <laughs> Instead of having birthday, you see HBD. You don't put the person in HBD. LMP. Instead of you write it in full, um, how you will give your friend, you will write a pistol for your other friend. Who is your party? This other person is HBD. Just so that they will not say you do not greet the person. That's the HBD, LMP. GGMU, go, go. <laughs> I will tell you that one. <laughs> we can't celebrate your success anymore because we are offended. You know what now? You know what Jesus did? Jesus had a sort to the injury in. Matthew 11, verse 4. Look at verse 4 of that same Matthew 11. Jesus now added 11. He added salt to the injury. 
Don't forget, he has, he has sent, John the Baptist has sent his disciples to go look and ask questions, right? That is this the Jesus, remember? Now in verse 4, Jesus now answered and said, Go and show John again those things which do ye and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The, poor, the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he. And, bless, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in what? In me. Jesus said, go and show him, go and tell him the things you have seen. The deaf hear, the blind see, the lame walk, the, gospel, the poor are receiving the gospel. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. He did not say anything. He said, go and show him what you have seen here. So probably Jesus, Jesus just took somebody and said, Maybe the disciples came to ask him, John the Baptist said, we should ask you, sir. Are you the Jesus or not? Jesus said, follow me. See, in Jesus' name, stand up and be and walk in Jesus' name. Stand up and He said, go and show him what you have seen. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. So John the Baptist was offended. He expected that Jesus should bring him out of the prison. He expected that Jesus should fight for him. You know, there are times like that you expect your friend should do something, should go the extra mile for you. But see, don't have those kind of expectations. Let, learn to, and it's good to have expectations of your friend, but see, when they can't reach certain place, quickly deal with it and just say they are human like you. You two have failed people before. Have you seen it? No, everybody here, you have failed somebody before, right? You've told somebody you meet the person 930, you came 935, right? Right? That's failing somebody. You've disappointed somebody before. So learn to quickly deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, it's going to hurt you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So offense reduces us to brawlers. We start brawling. We, we start getting petty. Offense start making us get petty. You start seeing yourself get over little things. You start getting angry over little things. You're just easily irritated. You're just irritated. Leave me alone. Ah, leave me. Don't talk to me again. The next thing you resort to is the block button. Now, I said something in, in, in last year. I said a lot of Christians, they know on their WhatsApp, they block the old words. Just because they are having issues with somebody, they are having they block, block, block. Now, I'm not saying you should not block people. There are people you should block for your sanity. That's fine. There are people you should block for your... There are people you should block because you need your peace. Are you getting what I'm saying? But when... Ensure you are forgiving. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not because you are angry. I block you. I don't. Forgive them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So... We, we see, we draw some examples. There are some examples for the, in the Old Testament that, that is for our learning. Because if you read in Romans 15 verse 4, it says, Things that were written before were written for our learning so that we might understand most of those things. Look at Miriam and Aaron in the Old Testament. Miriam and Aaron were Moses' brethren. But God placed Moses over them. Many times, a lot of us lack recognition of who God is using. If you see, let me tell you, if you have a friend who you know is better at you at something, I would rather you learn and let the person shine very well 
and you just follow is better that way than wanting to compete with your friend. Are you getting what I'm saying? The very minute you resort to those little subtle competition, something has happened. You start getting petty. Offense will kick in. You will start seeing, see, let me tell you, you will start seeing in a different lens. The person may not do anything wrong, but you will start seeing what the person did not see. You will start implying what the person does not imply. I said something earlier on. I said, if you came to this service now this morning, with the mindset that, who is this guy? Who is this preacher? You will be hearing what I am not saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? You will hear what I did not say in this service. You will think I am attacking you when I don't even know you. Are you getting what I'm saying? But because that's what offenses does. It will not make you hear in the... If you have a perception, let's say you, you're having a conversation with someone, let's say this is Chiamaka now, and I have a conversation with Chiamaka now because I already have a perception that Chiamaka is so this and that and that and that. I will be hearing the conversation in the light of what I think. I won't hear for context anymore. I, I don't know if I'm making sense to somebody. Am I making sense to someone? If it makes sense, let me see your hands. That is exactly how it is. That is exactly how offense does. It makes you see what God is not seeing. And I tell people, many of the things we are offended about is really not a big deal. That's the truth. The devil only amplifies it to your ears. Go and check it. When you get home today or before you leave service today, go and check everything you've been offended about and sit down with God's love you will notice there was never really a big issue. It was just the devil and because of different things and because of somebody that told somebody that somebody that told somebody that amplified it to you. That's why when you are offended, don't pass it around. Deal with it alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because once you pass it around, you can be healed from it, but the person you are passing to might not get over it. I've seen scenarios like that. Where people leave church because of somebody else and the person now came back. And this person's life now has been destroyed. The person now has backslided. And the person who was really offended now came back to church and started worshipping God back again. But you who he has offended and he has told you different things, you have entered into the world because you couldn't contain it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you are offended, keep quiet. Many other times, feed on God's word. Let the word of God deal with it. In fact, pray for the person. You will be healed of it. So look at Miriam and Moses. Or Miriam and Aaron. Miriam was a prophetess. Aaron was a priest, a high priest. Everybody had his rule. Moses was their leader. We can't all be the same, even in the local church. We can't all be the same. There will be people who will be leading open prayer. You might never open, you might never open a prayer in your life till you die. There will be people who are singers, people like God win. <laughs> there will be people who are singers. But you, whose voice can, can, can raise the dead, oh, I worship you, worship you. You might never smell the microphone. Ah! 
And God will say, Holy Lord, I wash you. That's the person that is singing. <laughs> you know, you'll be offended, right? Ha -ha? Why? Why? Why did they decide to give him the mic when he cannot sing? Better deal with it. Are you getting me? That is who they have chosen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can be a prayer warrior. That prayer is smoking out of your that, as you are praying. Oh shoot! Oh, that prayer is smoking. You might never in this life hold the mic to say, "Brethren, let's pray." You might never, and you'll be wondering. Ah, I admit prayer. Prayer, prayer comes from my nose like kata. <laughs> you might never. But there's just one brother who is just shit, shit, shit. That's the person that can come and lead the opening prayer. There is nothing you can do about it. You can't be offended. Hallelujah. You will have to deal with it. Are you getting what I'm saying? There will be people in the church who will just be the, the preacher. Oh, come and handle service. And you, that revelation knowledge is, is emitting from your brain. They wake you up, you can quote the Greek. They, they tap you in the middle of the night. You are just speaking Hebrew. You ever say the Latin text, the masoteric text of that scripture. You might never hold the Bible study. <laughs> Deal with it. But you know what? It is a prideful attitude to start thinking. That ah, I am better than that person. That's pride. When you see somebody in the grace, in his calling, you see that your friend can know mass. Don't can start competing. It's not like Noah now that knows mass. I should not be competing with Noah. I want to die. I don't know it. <laughs> I don't want to know it. Thank God for school. <laughs> we did it to pass exam and we are done. Glory to God. I don't want to know it. I should not be complaining and say, I don't like the way he's solving the mass. What is it? I can do better. Oh, you want to die. Are you getting what I'm saying? And now apply that to every of your daily life. Learn to see people the way they are and work with it. Miriam and Aaron, Miriam was a prophetess. Is that not a good role? Is that not a good rule? A prophetess leading almost about 3 million people. The chief prophetess of about 3 million people. Those who Moses brought out from the wilderness. History had it to be that there were about 3 million people. 3 million people, there was a chief prophetess. There was Aaron. And they were still not happy with that rule. Uh -uh. They were still angry. They were like, ah. Uh -uh. Moses that we baited. You know, Miriam was one of the people that baited Moses. Moses that we baited. My kid brother is not the one telling us God said. So if you have younger siblings who are working in gospel, honor them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Honor them. Don't say, I knew when you were born. 2005, October 17. <laughs> I knew when I carried you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't say that. All of them learn to see what God is doing in their lives. 
Look at Numbers 12, verse 1. I'll start rounding off now. Are you getting blessed? I'll start rounding off. Numbers 12, verse 1. Numbers 12, verse 1. Numbers 12, verse 1. Numbers 12, verse 1. And Miriam and, Aim and Aaron speak against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he married an Ethiopian woman. No. Numbers 12 verse 1. It seemed that they had legitimate reasons for it. But see, let me tell you. It was just an excuse. They just, it's like, let me tell you something. Do you know that if you are offended with somebody and you have been looking for how you implicate the person before, you will be watching out for the person's mistake. Once the person just does something, I catch you. How many of you know that's what happens? You'll be looking, scorting out for the wrong. Maybe somebody tells you, that's not a good excuse yet. It's not justifiable. But once the person just do something, I'll go and report you. You know those childish things you did when you were in high school? Uh, I'll go and report you. You said this. It's because you've, been, you've had it in your mind against the person before. So that's what they did with Moses. They've had Moses in mind before. So they were just looking for an excuse to get at him. That, ah, Moses is still in the limelight. Moses is more popular than we. I got to this church before that sister. I have been with pastors since he was from birth. They even gave birth to me and pastor together. Now, he's the one pastor is sending to another city to go and preach. Why not me? You have a problem. Why is that person being the listening? Me, I compose songs. Songs comes, angels whisper the voices to my ear on the lyrics. <laughs> and pastor knows. And pastor is not using me. Why? Because they did not use you. It's that simple. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? They just did not use you. Just sit down and be serving your God. Didn't you all come to church to serve God? Yes, sir. Ah. Yes, sir. Did you not come to church to serve God? Yes. So why are you looking for position? Why? Why you get to, Did you not come to church to grow? When we say you should come to service, was it not to learn God's word? Was it not to learn God's word? Yes, sir. Yeah. So they were jealous. Ah, Moses, you. You're not the one leading us and saying, we strike the rock, something will happen. Ah, you. You know they were wondering, you that we baited. You that you even killed somebody before. Is it because we covered your sin? They were seeing that it's, they had forgotten that God made it so. Now let's listen to them in verse 2. Look at verse 2 of that same number stuff. And they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Is it only Moses God is speaking to? Has he not also spoken to us? And the Lord heard it. Is it, only Mo- is it only Moses that must hear God? Is it only Moses that must heal the sick? Is it only Moses that must give all the utterances, that must lead worship, that must take the opening prayer? Is it only Moses that must teach Bible study? Is it only Moses? Is it only Moses that pastor is to use for example? <laughs> that is all. But they were angry. They were like, what's so special about him? What's so special about him? They were offended. What's so special about him? 
It appeared that Miriam was the lead speaker. Aaron was just a supporter. Miriam was the one because she has had him in mind since. Go and watch. Go and, uh, for time with him, I will walk you through many of the things she has been doing. She's the lead speaker. Ah, Aaron too is like, it's true. You know, you always have that friend that you say, it's true. I never saw it like that. I'm just, why did you, why did you not decide to see it like that? I never saw it like that. It's true. So that shows the weakness too of Aaron's leadership. You thought you, you, you come, you're a leader in church, your, your, your member is coming to say, look at that sister. What do you think he's wearing? You say, it's true, it's true. And you're a leader. Is that what you say? Shut up. What's your business? Are you seeing that? Look at inverse. Look at inverse 4 to 8. God responded to them. It's God that always responded to things like that. <laughs> verse 4 to 8. That number stole. It's that the Lord suddenly speak. It's, it's a suddenly. This, you know, <laughs> there are different types of suddenly in the scripture. In Acts 2, suddenly came the appearance of a rushing mighty way. That's a good suddenly. This one doesn't look like a good suddenly. Look at the verse 4. And the Lord spake suddenly <laughs> unto Moses and came unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Uh, come out ye unto the tabernacle in the creation. And the three of them came out. All of them were lined up. <laughs> and the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Miriam and Aaron. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark species, and as the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then ye were afraid to speak. He said, were ye not afraid? To speak against my servant Moses? The Lord even asked them a question. Are you, were you not afraid? Was it not bigger than your mouth? Tell your neighbor, see, there are some things bigger than your mouth. Say it again, say it again. You say, were you not afraid? Ah! You say, were you not afraid? Imagine God telling them, were you not afraid to speak, to, speak against Moses? So it means it's not don't don't go and join people online insulting men of God though. I beg you. Whether you like him, you don't like him, everybody has their bias. But don't go and put your heart to go and talk against those who God has called though. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's risky, oh. If you sow seeds of dishonor, you will reap it, you will reap it that way. Don't go and generate it's fake. What does he even know? Your mouth. What do you even know? Did God call you? God told them and said, Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God is never behind critics. God is never. God took the so now. Was Moses wrong? Whether I married Ethiopian Enoch or no, we don't know. But God is never behind critics. Whether the man of God did something bad or he did not do something bad is not your business. God will be the one. That's why it's as though their ministries always strive. It's you that will keep criticizing. How many of you have noticed it? You will keep criticizing, their ministry will keep thriving. 
It has never ceased to work. God is never behind critics. They are just EU motivated. They have, lo they have logical reasons, but it is never scripturally correct. God again approved Moses in James 1 verse 20. Look at James 1 verse 20. I'm rounding off now very soon. So we'll pray and we'll just pray for ourselves. Look at James 1 verse 20. It says, For the wrath of man walketh not the righteousness of God. Your anger is not God's anger. Your anger is not God's anger. You are only sometimes frustrated and just jealous. So deal with it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. When you find those offenses in your heart, what do you do? Deal with it. Pray for the person. Feed on God's word. Walk in love. See, remember how I started. You already have the nature to walk in love. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have an angry nature. Are you hearing me? In this new reality you are living, in this life you now live, you don't have the ability to get angry. Now, wear that king thinking cap. When you find yourself offended, when you find yourself getting jealous, when you find yourself getting bitter, you are speaking an habit of your old life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting it now? Does it make if it makes sense? Let me see your hand. You are picking an habit of your old life. And that's not your nation. So deal with it. What happened to Miriam after? Miriam became leprous. Both of them nearly lost their lives. They started well, but they know it's to end well. Are you getting me? Their end is never good. You don't want your own life to be like that. That's why I came this morning to remind you as a Christian. Watch your words. Watch your anger. Watch that offense that is stinging in your heart. Watch how you are stinging it to other pe people. Deal with it. Tell your neighbor, say, deal with it. Deal with it. In 2 Samuel 13 and 14, you will see how Solomon and his brother, Ammon, was raped by Thamar. David the king was their father and he was not decisive. When Absalom heard about it, Absalom was agreed, but he said nothing. Absalom said nothing. In 2 Samuel 13 to 22 to 23, you could read that on your own. 2 Samuel 13, 22 to 23. Absalom waited for two years to plot that evil. Two years. In all of us, a lot of us can be very bitter that you can keep something of what happened in 2008. You will still be saying it in 2018. It should be very fresh. You hear that. Ah. Look at, look at what happened to me. Look at what happened. Look at what happened. Look at what happened. You'll be telling the person, well, look at what happened to me. That person did this. That person did that. 2008, you are still not forgotten. You are waiting for the time that you will do evil to the person. Absalom waited two years. 2 Samuel 13, 22 to 23. 2 Samuel 13, 22 to 23. Read it on your own. When the matter has died down, that's when Absalom now struck. The person God has moved on. Life has moved on. But you, because you are still holding on to that, you are still waiting for the person to plot evil. The person has moved on. Life has gotten better. Both of you are greeting each other. But deep down, you are still not forgotten. Deep down, you are still not offended. The person. When the person now becomes success, when, the person, when something good now happens to the person, you are still remembering and you are still wondering what... 
or even though, even though, that thought is still biting you, even though, even though, something is wrong. Deal with it. Quickly seek help. Deal with it. He would later move to dethrone his father. He wasn't a bad boy from birth. Azalon wasn't a bad boy. But when you allow offense to set in, it transforms you to another man. I'll say it again. Asalon was not a bad boy from birth. He was a good man. But because of it, he was offended and he kept it in his heart for two years. It transformed him to another man. Let me tell you. What killed Cain, what killed Abel till tomorrow was anger. He didn't deal with it. Cain was angry. See, let me tell you. That was the first time it was recorded somebody died in scripture. Even the devil learned that people can die because nobody has died prior to that time. And what led to the death? Cain was angry and he didn't deal with it. So let me tell you, you don't know what that little anger can lead you to do. See, you can think you can contain it, but you are not smarter than the devil. The devil has been in this earth long enough to know how to walk in the flesh. So you can think you're angry, but see, let me tell you, and you wonder you will come out of it, but see, it will destroy you. It will turn you to a man you know. See, let me tell you, those who killed people today, they never thought in their life they could kill people. Those who stab people to death because they are angry, they never envisage, maybe a day before, they did not even believe they would do it. But what sets them to do such a thing? Anger. So, brethren, dear Christians, this morning, deal with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have the nature of God's love in you. God already lives in you. Hallelujah. God lives in your spirit. You can naturally walk in love. You have a forgiving spirit. Let everybody go. Are you getting me? Forgive anyone who has offended you. I came this morning to remind you, please, for God's sake, forgive. Are you hearing me? Forgive. You never know what that your offense can do. You don't know what that anger in your heart can do. Like I said again, Cain did not know that he can kill Abel. It was when he killed Abel, he dawned on him that he has done a wrong thing. People who have stabbed people today, who have killed people, they never, if he says they would do the same. But they did it regardless. Because of anger. Anger will transform you to a total man completely. It will make you miserable. So I beg you, as a round of offenses will transform you to another man. Offenses will lead you. Offenses led Absalom to hatred. You just hate the person. You are just super bitter at the person. You want to conspire against the person. Murder, you want to kill the person. Rebellion, strife. We must deal with offenses before they deal with us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, we shall, like I said, this is a series I will keep building upon. Right? This Dear Christian 102, anticipate for 103. You could listen to our message on 101. On, on, our, on our materials and everything. So, stay. look at one last scriptures in Ephesians 4. 
Ephesians 4. Are you blessed this morning? Are you blessed? Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4. I thought a message. Why the anger? You should get that message too. Why the anger? I thought that in October 2020. You should get that message. Look at in Ephesians 4, verse 26 to 27. It says, Be ye angry as sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your rod. Look at what it says in verse 27. Neither give place, what? To the devil. So when you are angry, what happens? You yield to the devil. You give room for the devil for destruction. Why is things going wrong in your life the way it is going wrong? I tell you it's because you were angry. Walk in love and tell me if things will not be better. Are you getting what I'm saying? Forgive people and see if your life will not change. Forgive people if you see your life will not transform. Are you getting what I'm saying? Forgive and walk in love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Forgive and walk in love. Tell your neighbor, say, forgive and walk in love. Tell your neighbor again, say, deal with offenses before he deals with you. Hallelujah. So stay away from offended people too. Or you too will become offended. Stay away from offended people. When you see somebody is already offended that they want to pass it to you and tell you, do you know what that sister did to me? Say, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. Go and tell him, sister. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't affect me with your poison. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the person says, do you know what sister you did to me? Do you know what she did to me? She did, say, ah, stop, 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 I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. Go and tell the sister you are there and settle it among yourself. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? When you're angry, it's better both of you talk. Talk it with the person. Let there be that harsh word, but just be calm with your statement. Remember I started, I say, learn to say the right words. Be calm. Both of you be calm. Both of you can say, can, because you are Christians, you can say, can we just pray about it? Let's hold hands and now let's talk about it. It's to calm you people down. Are you getting it? That's a wisdom because people are friends. You can just say, hold on, hold on, before you start. I'm angry. Me too, I'm angry. Oh, today, let's hold hands. Let's pray. And you people spend like 20 minutes, you people pray. Oh yeah, let's talk. You will notice that what you people were angry about really never existed. It was just something very little that the devil just amplified because the devil is against... See, let me tell you. The devil is not happy that both of you are friends. Are you hearing me? All the devil wants is to everybody in this place to be scattered. Nobody is relating with anybody. Everybody is just isolated on their own. No friend, no family. Just stay on your own. That's what the devil wants. That's why the Bible says the idle hand is a devil's workshop. Oh, it's not the Bible, sorry. The, 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 a, a quote. I mean, it's in, the, it's in Proverbs too. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just so that you just stay alone, isolated from everybody. He wants to destroy you. Then you are just bitter, angry. Anybody that comes to greet you, you are just bitter, angry, passing the bitter. So when somebody comes to you and says, Ah, do you know what this person is? Ah, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear. So that you will not go and be having an opinion. You know, they will have said to it among themselves. And you will not be there when they settled it. You will not be in service and be wondering, hmm, that ain't your day safe. I knew it. I knew it. And maybe something has happened between both of you in the time past before. I knew it. I knew it. That evil person is just too evil. I act like evil. So you are worshipping God. The thought is coming. Well, in the beauty of holiness. And you now hear that voice sounding loud. I've been in a service before. In a church service before. And worship was going on. And among the choir... The people that were singing in the choir, so they ah, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. The person he is on the mic. We 
we were wondering what was going on. And the, because the person, let me tell you, later on, after maybe like a while, the person left church. Why? The person was angry that the choir master is always leading the song. So the person, the choir master now sang a key. The person, because of anger, just reacted. Do you know how that is embarrassing? No. If you were in the church that day, wouldn't you look at the person like, ah, ah, sister, upon all the word you learned. Are you getting what I'm saying? Stay away from offended people. Once somebody wants to pass an offense, don't discuss it with me. Have you discussed it with the person? Have you discussed it with the pastor? Have you people prayed? Is the set issue settled? settled? Okay, thank you. I don't want to hear. Don't always scout around gist. Gist will kill you. Are <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Gist. You know? <laughs> Women, sorry. But sorry you. Gist will kill you. In fact, even men, I've seen some men who can gossip. If they can gossip, it will kill you. Don't always be looking for what happened. That glasses. Are you sure it's recommended? It's not. It's not recommended. And both of you are hugging. And somebody, I, I've been in a place before. Someone just walked in and I, wow. So I did not know I did all these things. So person just felt embarrassed. They were gossiping about to me and the person just walked in and I said, wow, really? So I did all these things you are saying. I did not know. Why not tell me? Oh, yeah, face me and tell me now. Face me. Tell me. They can't say it again. Stay away from offended people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say I walk in, I refuse offense. Lift your hand. Say I refuse offense. I refuse offense in my heart. I walk in the spirit. I refuse offenses around me. I fulfill. I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now bow your heads and just pray this morning. Lift your voice and pray. Hold somebody beside you and let's pray. Be on your feet. Hold somebody beside you and let's pray. Let's deal with offenses. Every offenses. Let's deal with offenses. Hold somebody beside you and let's pray. Lift your voice. Let's deal with offenses. Let's deal with it. Let's deal with it in prayer. Let's deal with it in prayer. Hold somebody beside you. Let's deal with it in prayer. That every root of bitterness, every root of offenses, every root of anger disappears from you from, to, from this morning. From this afternoon, you start walking in love, you start walking in the spirit, you start moving, you start moving so fast. You start moving by the Spirit of God. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice and pray. Bitterness will not have your heart. Anger will not have your heart. The lust of the flesh will not have your heart. Pray for yourself this morning. Pray for yourself this morning. 